baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 30 years ago, let's see, last time the Detroit Lions won a playoff game, I believe I was a junior in high school, maybe even a sophomore. Brian Murphy joins us on the uh, John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. Uh, he joins us to talk sports, writes for Bring Me the News, writes for a Purple Insider, as also a native of Detroit, Brian Murphy. Uh, your feelings about uh, your Lions last night, and really what was the only kind of competitive game of the weekend so far. Yeah, it was fun to watch. I mean, I, I had my brother in town to see my son's hockey tournament, mm-hmm. so we, we were able to, to watch and experience it together, had the various text chains going with friends and family. And, um, you know, it wasn't 30 years ago, it was 32 years 32 ago. Years, and I know yeah. this because it was January 5th, 1992, and I was there as a <laughs> sophomore in college at the old Pontiac Silverdome when they, they trounced Dallas yeah. uh, w- uh, with Barry Sanders. And I... I, you know, I used to kind of say it slyly with pride and somewhat embarrassment that they've had one playoff win in 65 years and I was there and now I don't have to say that anymore. So, um, yeah, it was quite impressive to see. It was really nice to see the scene at Ford Field and, and how electric it was. And, and yeah, I mean, as far as the competitive nature of the game, I mean, it was a nail biter and, and I, I was a little skeptical that they were going to hang on to that lead. I, I, I kind of thought maybe Stafford would find a way to, Matthew Stafford would find a way to, to exact his vengeance coming back to Detroit, but uh, they made the right plays, made enough plays, and, and Goff, uh, you know, made some, got some first downs at the end, and they were able to kneel it down and end it. And uh, and because of Dallas's meltdown, uh, lo and behold, they get a second home game now yeah. next Sunday against either Tampa or Philly, uh, who play tonight. So uh, the good vibes keep rolling in Motown. Uh, what a week for Michigan football! I was going to say, I, I mean, Michigan wins the national championship. The Lions are, are, are the roar has been restored finally, at least uh, for for another week. Yeah, and a lot of people thought the Rams were going to go in there. Surprisingly, we're going to go in there and, and win that game. There was lots of steam on the Rams before that game. Well, I mean, they were so hot. I yeah. think they won six of seven, or or however they finished the season. You know, to seize that wildcard spot and then of course you have the obvious storyline of Matthew Stafford who the Lions traded to LA uh, after he kind of said I want out of here and he had all of that momentum and you're thinking well you know it's been a nice little cute run for the Lions here but um, it might not have been the best ideal matchup but you know we've been saying the Lions look cute for a year now and from the time they walked into Arrowhead on Thursday night to open the NFL season and and took down the the Super Bowl champs I mean I think they've uh, you know, they've, they've kind of shown the country that, that they are uh, one of the NFC's elite. Now, I don't necessarily see them going into San Francisco possibly and winning an NFC championship game, but I certainly would feel a little better about their chances today than I did 24 hours ago. And we don't know, though, if the 49ers, if the Green Bay Packers well, may too. march I mean, into a... Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, you're right. I you mean, know? that's the beauty of the NFL, right? One and done. And nobody gave the Packers a chance yesterday. Uh, before uh, going into Dallas. And I'll tell you what, watching Jordan Love, 
I can just hear the collective <laughs> frustration with Minnesota Viking fans thinking, oh, my God, this kid is so good. And he's like, they got another quarterback. Now, I'm not Here ready to say I'm not ready to say he's going to win. You know, he's going to hoist one or multiple Lombardi trophies yet. But, boy, he was sure impressive. Yes, some of those throws that Jordan Love made yesterday were incredible. Yeah, I mean, peaking at the right time. I mean, and, and look, Dallas, was, I think, had won 12 straight home games. They were perfect yeah. this season at home. Obviously heavily favored. Dak Prescott's an MVP candidate, number one offense in the league. You expect maybe if you know Green Bay had nothing but house money to play with, uh, you know, if they're competitive and love can and you know can earn some playoff stripes, it's it's a net positive. But uh, I mean, the Packers went in there and just dominated as if they belonged. And uh, there's something um, I don't know what it is. There's something um, deviously pleasurable about watching <laughs> Jerry Jones and the Cowboys squirm. Yes. Uh, I think uh, this America's team. We've been beaten over the head with it for 50 years that the Cowboys are America's team. I think mostly they're America's nemesis, and I think yeah. it, <laughs> they might you know, be the that I, might they might be the most hated team, certainly in the NFL, if not one of the most hated teams in pro sports. Because they they had anointed themselves yes. as America's team, and they get so much coverage and adulation. And we all know football's king in Texas, and Dallas is the biggest city. And you know, you can go. There's a reason they're that way. But it's also been 30 years since they've been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so they've had you know a lot of regular season success over the years, but a ton of playoff failures. And I, I, I got to imagine Mike McCarthy's breathing his last breaths uh, with the Cowboys after uh, that kind of letdown at home. Uh, you know, and even their defensive coordinator Dan Quinn was the hot coaching pros- one of the hot head coaching prospects. But boy, they were shredded uh, defensively yesterday too. So. You know, you hear a little bit of chatter. Well, you know, Bill Belichick's there, and boy, Dallas would be. I can't see a Bill Belichick Jerry Jones marriage uh, just on its face. But the implications of that loss, if you know Quinn is sort of downgraded as a coaching candidate, McCarthy gets fired, Belichick's on the sidelines. You know, Jones is going to make a move that's going to be splashy. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue now surrounding the Cowboys. Yeah, I cannot believe just how badly they looked yesterday just so out of sorts that it is what again we see it in the nfl where it's you know teams show up and suddenly they just fall apart right before our very eyes and it's just and bravo to the packers for taking the ball right away yesterday and they marched down score i think that had a lot to do with it to you know to get that first punch in there but boy it was it was really incredible to see that well, and speaking, too, of deviously pleasurable, the emergence of Jordan Love as a top-notch quarterback yes. uh, has to make Packers fans gleeful that they, they cut bait with Aaron Rodgers yeah. a year ago uh, and went with the kid. And uh, now you got Rodgers just flailing away, speaking nonsense on podcasts while he nurses his, <laughs> his Achilles back to health, and the Jets are as big of a mess, if not more, since he arrived. Uh, so there's some pleasure, I'm sure, among Packers fans and Vikings fans in, uh, in watching Love now kind of really seize control of that franchise. And, and you're right, like nobody gave him a chance yesterday in Dallas. No one's going to give him a chance Saturday night in San Francisco. Uh, so maybe they are the, uh, the Cinderella team. If the slipper fits this, uh, this January, so be it. How about that? How about a Detroit-Green Bay NFC title game? And a third game at Ford Field. Yes, Nice. Uh, that would be some old school matchup there. Um, uh, now the larger conversation now for the Vikings because uh, the, obviously you've, the, you've got the Packers, the Lions, 
the Bears will have a couple of first-round draft picks, and things look uh, awfully concerning for your Minnesota Vikings now. I know your former colleague, Charlie Walters, uh, floating the idea of trading Justin Jefferson to a complete rebuild. I don't see that happening, but, boy, it sure exposes the problems that the Vikings have faced. And now with uh, with the GM, really, who hasn't, has kind of a lot of swings and misses with his draft picks so far. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah, I don't see that scenario playing out, but I don't, you know, I see what Charlie's saying. Though. Yeah. I, don't, I think all options need to be on the table. Yes. I don't think there's yeah. any sacred cows right now in terms of personnel or strategies um, because you are watching the rest of your division pull away from you. Um, the Lions clearly are the uh, in the lead. I mean, Goff is a little bit older, but he's not going anywhere, and he's getting better uh, and more steely by the season. You've got Jordan Ludd's love blossoming before our very eyes. Justin Fields had a pretty solid ending to his regular season in Chicago. They still haven't decided exactly what they're going right. to do with all that draft capital. I mean, they may end up trading him and drafting a yep. quarterback, but they have a plan in place that involves youth and vigor at that position. The Vikings, on the other hand, are contemplating, as we all know, bringing back a soon-to-be 36-year-old, surgically repaired, very expensive quarterback who's given you one playoff win. So they have, they have a major philosophical decision to make about what they're going to do at quarterback. Do you roll it back with Cousins, try to get two more years out of him, keep him with Jefferson, keep the offense humming? Do you draft his successor, and now you're going to have the pressure of perhaps his, his cousin's successor breathing down his neck mm-hmm. if he should falter, or do you completely start over and draft one of these top quarterback prospects with the number 11 pick or, or trade to move up and even uh, move, improve your uh, draft status even more and completely start over and say, look, it's going to be painful, it's going to be difficult, um, but look what Jordan Love has done in his first season. Uh, he experienced all of it, and they're playing in the divisional round. So there's a case to be made for each one of those scenarios. you got to pay Jefferson. you got to figure it out at quarterback, and you're right. Quasio Dosamensa has got to figure this out. This is the biggest offseason in his tenure in Minnesota. Uh, two games today. They moved the Buffalo. <laughs> the weather and crazy in Buffalo. Uh, they moved that game to today. Uh, they host the Steelers, and then – it's the Eagles and Buccaneers tonight. The Eagles, boy, for you know most of the season, look like they. You could argue that they were the best team in the NFL. They've fallen apart. Uh, I still feel like they can go in and uh, beat the Buccaneers tonight. I do, and I think they are favored for obvious reasons. But um, they're not going to have their top receiver. He's out. Uh, Jalen Hurts has got a, a, a broken finger or thumb, or he's, his throwing hand is damaged. And, and as you mentioned, there's a lot of bad juju and vibes going on with that team. Yes. They really, I think, lost five of six down the stretch. You know, Tampa, be, by virtue of winning their division, gets the home game. You know, Philly's got an awfully tough home field advantage they're not going to be able to lean on. Yeah. 
I think this one is as much of a toss-up as any of them. I don't even know, you know, Baker Mayfield's a little banged up. I mean, I view this one as, uh, yeah, six of one, half dozen of the other. Um, Philadelphia, though, has more at stake than Tampa does. Tampa's similar to, I think, Green Bay in that nobody expected them to be there, and they certainly don't expect them to do much. So how is Philly going to respond to all this adversity? I mean, there's still a team that's not that far removed from a Super Bowl championship, so... Um, and then whoever wins this game is going to Detroit. So, you know, I don't, you know, San Francisco still seems like the class of the NFC. They're going to have to contend with a hot Green Bay team. Um, but I think the NFC seems to be pretty wide open. And, you know, you mentioned the game in Buffalo. Obviously, it's going to be a, the snow, I, I think, has stopped, but it's going to yeah. be a miserably cold, cold afternoon. The Bills are pretty accustomed to playing in that. You know, I, Kansas City showed up. Saturday night yep. in a bitter cold game and, and do, did what they normally do. Um, I still think it's uh, it's the Chiefs conference and and their their uh, uh, their Super Bowl journey to be disrupted. So we'll see what I think Buffalo may be their best uh, best nemesis. Yeah. But hey, don't sleep on Houston. C.J. Stroud and, okay. and what Houston's been able to do has been incredible. Either I mean we're looking at a pretty. Uh, Pretty entertaining playoff bracket. Going yeah, right. And you haven't even mentioned the Ravens, too, who many considered to be oh, the yeah, best team in the NFL. All. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, let's switch gears briefly in the minute or two we have left. Uh, the uh, the post-firing of Dean Evison, the boost they got from John Hines, uh, that is long gone uh, at the XL Energy Center. The Wilder reeling, obviously injuries have a lot to do with it, but um, oof, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs over there. I mean, they are the 27th-ranked team out of 30 yeah. right now. I mean, we're not even talking just bottom of the West. I mean, they are the, the bottom of the league. And I think, yeah, as you mentioned it, we've, we've talked about it. There's always that shot of adrenaline. Mm-hmm. There's always that sense of, okay, you know, it, it's too bad for Dean, but we got a breath of fresh air, and now we're suddenly got a boost of energy. But the, the Wild are who they are. I mean, they, they are locked into a roster that is decaying. It is uh, – hampered we know by salary cap issues you're right the injuries they had a spate of them to some key players i mean jared spurgeon their captain has barely played this season kaprizov came back the other day philip gustafson their number one goalie came back matt zuccarello has finally come back to the lineup they're still without jonas brodeen one of their top defensemen um but they are what they are they are they were a middling playoff contender who, who had a miserable opening to the season they had a nice 14-game stretch under Hines, but they're basically back to what they are, which is a mediocre team at best, and they're not even hitting that standard. So I think it's um, I think they're looking at a long slog here and, and probably going to be positioning for a draft pick. Yeah. One positive note, and I'll be brief, but if you look at Brock Faber, Matt Boldy, and Marco Rossi, this is the young core of this mm-hmm. team. They are thriving. They're playing well. They're getting big minutes. Uh, that's going to bode well for the future, but this is a, this is a team in serious need of a rebuild, yep. and it's going to come this off season. Yeah, finally, you know the NHL is one of those leagues where it's like you know making the play- I mean, so many teams make the playoffs, and you just kind of get mired in mediocrity when then you don't get the d- draft pick, and I think it's long overdue that uh, that they try to get one of those higher draft picks. And let's not forget the intrigue in the front office where you had a, yes. an assistant GM fired and, and, and GM Bill Guerin essentially muzzled for, you know, whatever they were bullying a team official. So it's been a miserable first half on and off the ice for the club. And 
Um, I, I think at this point, uh, you need to start looking ahead as, as opposed to concentrating on what's in front of you. Have a great week, sir. Thanks for the time. All right. Sounds good, everyone. Brian Murphy, bring me the news and a Purple Insider. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.